Hello, Starseeds, and welcome to November 2022. We are coming to the end of the year. These last two months, though, are going to be jam-packed. I want this episode to be... I want to do some short episodes taking us out through the end of the year, Um, and that may be my format. Um, I know I started doing that over the summer, um, and then also over the summer started doing bi-weekly ones. So what I am hoping is that this lunar eclipse in Taurus is bringing me back around, that I'm already feeling that energy, and that is bringing me back around to get, making sure that these weekly episodes get uh, out to you. Um, but yeah, we are, this is November, we've got one more eclipse to get through, um, and then that is the uh, end of eclipse season for the year. It will not necessarily be the end of the energy. Keep in mind that you will probably be feeling that at least through the new moon of November 23rd. Um, but I also like to remind people that you know the eclipse portal in energy can be things that can revisit you easily three to six months after an eclipse has taken place, especially if you are someone that is a native of that sign. So in this case, that this would definitely be all the Taurus and Scorpions out there, as well as Taurus rising, Scorpio rising, um, <clears throat> and anyone that has uh, planets, um, in either of those signs, you are definitely the people that can feel these eclipses uh, beyond, <clears throat> excuse me, beyond, <clears throat> excuse me, um, allergies, beyond the um, season. So um, I wanted to begin with just a quick little reminder. I put an episode out on the 29th and then I realized that I did not actually post on social media that it was out there. So um, there might be people that were not even aware that I have that out there. Um, So I will, you know, I will post that as well as this current episode that's going to get published on the 3rd of November. Um, But in that episode on the 29th, One of the things I was talking about was how jam-packed that last week of October was that was leading us into the month of November. Um, And there's just been a lot of energy going on. Um, We had Jupiter move back into Pisces, making its last trip into Pisces. Jupiter is retrograde and has been retrograde since July 28th. Um, and interestingly, it's moving back in, into Pisces with Neptune, where Neptune has been, um, you know, basically hanging out. They are the two planets that rule the sign of Pisces. So Jupiter is in, certainly from a traditional perspective, Jupiter is in one of its home signs. Um, the fact that it is retrograde uh, does mean that it is not necessarily at full strength. Um, it will be 
turning direct though this month. So on November 23rd, Jupiter will go direct and it will be in Pisces until December 20th when it moves back into Aries. Um, so I think if you keep an eye on, especially the November 23rd and actually a, a good week before that, I like that, um, I like that Jupiter's going direct, like just in time for the Thanksgiving uh, holiday uh, weekend for those of us in the U.S. Um, I do realize Canada already had their Thanksgiving in October. Um, So, yeah, that is definitely beginning like the week before, you know, the 23rd of November you'll start or you should start feeling the effects of Jupiter being able to be direct in Pisces and what that may uh, help you with. And then that will literally be, um, Jupiter will then be moving through Pisces, those last degrees of Pisces. It's not getting too deep back into Pisces, Um, but it will be getting into the, you know, moving through those last degrees of Pisces through December the 20th. Um, And so once it's direct, there may be an opportunity to have some more benefits of that. If, if Jupiter and Pisces was a season that really worked for you, uh, in the last episode, I did give the dates Jupiter was initially in Pisces from May 14th to July 30th of 2021. And then from December 30th of 2021, through May 10th of 2022. Um, So those were the first two visits that Jupiter made. Um, And then, like I said, it went retrograde in July of July 28th of this year. Uh, And so that's what we're dealing with with that. And then if you haven't felt it yet, which I'm sure most of you have, we had Mars on the um, 30th of October go retrograde in Gemini. In the last episode I posted, um, I did speak to how Mars in Gemini is going to, to really feel like a Mercury retrograde because Mars is in a Gemini, in, in a Mercury ruled sign. Mercury is the planet of Gemini. And obviously, Gemini rules over, um, you know, communication. It rules over the small things. Um, I think I was talking about this when, when Mercury retrograde itself was in Gemini. And I will have to actually pull that episode out and let and I'll do a post on that if anyone wants to re-listen to that I might even repost that episode the reason being because this retrograde for Mars is going to be quite some time this is retrograde until January 12th of 2023 so it's not like it's just a let's try and get through these next few you know these next few weeks it's Mars is retrograde and he's hanging out there for a while that way. Um, And so it really is trying to understand what might that mean for you. Uh, Mars definitely um, 
as as a retrograde planet and in Gemini, I think one of the big things that you're going to be noticing is that, you know, you're going to have this element of you feeling like you have things um, under control or that you know what it is that you want to do or and how you want to do it. And then just out of nowhere, something comes up and, and upends those plans. Um, and a lot of that, when I say small things, one of the things to keep in mind with Gemini is that a lot of that is going to be including and going to be about things in your daily life and things that are happening, you know, in the neighborhood and in your immediate family. And so that's one of those pieces that I think is really important um, to keep in mind is that, um, you know, obviously work is something that uh, we have uh, that happens you know, on a daily basis. And so it could include that. It certainly can include travel plans. It can include, it can include any kind of things where you need to be planning to get something done. Um, that might be, you know, moving into a new home and things that you would need to plan for that. They could easily go awry at the last minute. And especially right now, because what you have happening right now is you have Mars being retrograde in um, and still very much in the early stages of its retrograde in Gemini, while the energy for this next lunar eclipse in Taurus is is now gaining momentum. And that energy involves um, the planet Uranus. So, you know, this is going to be a full moon in Taurus. And, <laughs> excuse me, it literally is going to be um, aspecting um, Uranus and uh, dealing with oppositions from the Sun, Mercury, and Mars. I mean, the Sun, Mercury, I'm sorry, and Venus, which are all in Scorpio. So um, both Uranus and the Moon will be at 16 degrees of Taurus for this full Moon. They will only be three, that's only three degrees away from the North Node, because remember the North Node is hanging out in Taurus, and the North Node is the, is the, the ecliptical point that wants you to be growing getting out of your comfort zone, uh, moving beyond uh, what you might think you're capable of. And then opposite that in Scorpio is the South Node. The South Node is what brings us, um, it's, it's considered the path of least resistance. So it, it's, we, it's where we tend to be like, well, what's going to be the easiest thing to do? What's going to, you know, cause the least amount of difficulty or challenge or grief? Because that's what I want to do. Um, and so with the nodes, you're dealing with a situation of them just being in these two fixed signs, trying to, um, you know, get us to be expanding and evolving in some way. And now that you're in the heart of Scorpio season, 
you have the sun, Venus, and Mercury all traveling very close together. Um, we had the um, sun and Venus really traveling close together uh, in uh, October, and they still are. And then Venus just moved into Venus just moved into Scorpio. Um, a few days ago, and then, you know, v, uh, I mean, uh, Mercury just moved into Scorpio a few days ago. Boy, this is the Mars <laughs> retrograde in Gemini. If you're wondering what that might sound like, um, yeah, so we had Mercury moving in to Scorpio, um, and because Mercury moves fast, Mercury just very quickly caught up to both the Sun and Venus, and so, um, for the full moon lunar eclipse, you will have the sun at 16 degrees, so it will be directly opposite the moon. Um, so it will be opposing the moon. The sun will also be opposing Uranus. Um, it will be on the verge of having a conjunction with Mercury. Um, and this will be the kind of conjunction that it recently had with Venus when the sun and Venus had their conjunction, which happened at the 29 degrees of Libra. Uh, and we called it a Kazemi because it was Venus literally crossing the path of the sun. And so it literally crosses in front of the sun. And that is what Mercury is going to be doing. And when that happens, we call that a Kazemi because it literally is the planet being able to cross right over the heart of the sun. Um, and so that's going to be taking place um, while this full moon is happening. So, and then for those in the U.S., if that's not enough, this is all happening on uh, election day um, for the midterms here in the United States. So, that's just a little of what's going on very early on for us. We really will start feeling the lunar eclipse energy. I think you're really going to start feeling that by Saturday the 5th because that is when we're going to have Venus. Um, her opposition to Uranus will be taking place on, the, on November 5th, the Saturday. Um, and so... Uh, this lunar eclipse is a Venus-ruled eclipse because Venus is the planet that rules Taurus. Um, and so I feel on some level that the conversation she might be wanting to have with Uranus is going to be, you know, trying to, especially now that we're in this, uh, for this year, the last uh, eclipse, really trying to see what is it that... Um, needs to be done, especially for something that you have been working with during this eclipse season. So throughout this year, um, you know, going back to the spring with April being the solar eclipse uh, in Taurus, and then we had the lunar eclipse in Scorpio, and then you come back around now to the fall and October, we had the solar eclipse in Scorpio. And now we're having this lunar eclipse in Taurus. And this is also a 
a lunar eclipse that is a year after the very first lunar eclipse we had uh, for this uh, seasons of the nodes, which took place in last November. So last November, November 19th of 2021, we had a lunar eclipse taking place in Taurus. Um, and here we are now a year later with another lunar eclipse. And so one of the things to really be looking at is think back to what was going on for you in November of last year, especially, you know, around that time of the 19th of November. So you're going to like what was going on maybe the week before when that energy is building and how November closed out for you. And that very much is going to give you an indication of, especially if you don't have uh, a natal chart and you don't know where things are lined up in your chart, just being able to think back to that's going to give you an indication of what themes um, that this energy will be uh, tapping um, for you and what it might be either revisiting or awakening or, you know, bringing a closure to or providing you with some sort of, you know, answer or resource that you just thought was not going to come. Um, and so, uh, and I think the piece of it is to keep in mind that with the, with Uranus being directly involved with this eclipse, just be aware that that could be an answer or it could be something that ends up being very unexpected. Um, and so that's definitely something to keep in mind. So, and, and hopefully for everyone, especially, like I said, all the, um, all the, uh, people that are involved directly with these signs of Taurus and Scorpio. Uh, hopefully this will be something that will be positive for you. But while that is going on, you also need to keep in mind that we will then have where that we're also very much in the um, intensity, so to speak of the square between Saturn in Aquarius, which is a fixed air sign. So the fixed signs are really feeling this energy um, right now. And you and you've definitely would have felt the energy of the eclipse last month as well. But Saturn is in Aquarius at 18 degrees. So Uranus is at 16 degrees in Taurus. And so they themselves are squaring and then you have the square taking place between Saturn squaring both um, the Sun and Mercury. So we actually call that a T-square. And so that energy itself is where some of the uh, feeling of maybe being at cross purposes will come up or the feeling of, oh my goodness, when is this going to be over or, oh my goodness, why do I keep having the same thing kind of come around and revisit me? So that is definitely something to be aware of because that's going to be energy that you are really going to feel. Like I said, we have Jupiter in Pisces. Jupiter is at 29 degrees, which is a very powerful point 
for Jupiter to be at, but right now Jupiter is retrograde. So it may not be offering the same kind of assistance that it would be once it turns direct. Then we also have, <coughs> excuse me, then we also have Neptune uh, retrograde in Pisces at 22 degrees. So Neptune and um, Jupiter are, they will not end, uh, they will not be in a conjunction the way they were pre, uh, earlier in the year um, when Jupiter was in Pisces uh, previously and we were making a big deal about, you know, the conjunction that took place between Jupiter and Neptune. So they will not get that close to each other. Um, but they are seven degrees and they're going to get a little closer to that before Jupiter starts turning direct. Um, and be, and, and so that in itself could be energy that, um, will end up, uh, being a blessing. But one of the things I really do feel right now that with Jupiter being retrograde in Pisces, that you're really being asked to keep the faith and to have faith, um, to dig deep for that faith. And I feel like that's, that's the response that Jupiter has for not only the Mars retrograde in Gemini, but also this um, square that Saturn's making um, to Uranus. And then once we get past that, which will, that energy will fortunately start letting up once we get into the middle of the month. So that by the time we are, um, you know, nearing the end of the month and, and, and getting towards the holiday season, the energy of that Saturn-Uranus square will not be as intense as it, as it has been, um, certainly for our, the fall. Um, I think a lot of people started feeling that, especially if you, again, are fixed signs, and especially if that, those fixed signs are Leo and Aquarius, that is energy that you were really feeling, um, you know, while everything was taking place in Leo. But then also once Saturn went direct, I think that was a big uh, jolt for people, you know, that are Aquarius, Aquarius rising, as well as Leo and Leo rising. Um, and so as we get into the end of November, this um, this square between Uranus will be um, completed. And some of that will be because Saturn itself is finishing up its time in Aquarius. Saturn will be moving um, in March of 2023 into the sign of Pisces. That will be a whole other show, obviously, to discuss as we start talking about 2023. Um, but yeah, so right now Saturn is at 18 degrees of Aquarius. And so it really is able to kind of come in with this final eclipse of the, of the year and say, Hey, I'm adding my two cents just so that everyone knows that there's a plan that I have, and I think is going to work better. So this is definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, with the way this is um, shaping up to be. Uh, like I said, the the Sun and uh, Venus 
and Mercury all end up opposing Uranus. And so this is a situation where you can just expect, <coughs> excuse me, this is part of why uh, the podcast has been a two-week thing as well, because my allergies are just unrelenting for me right now. And it's actually difficult to try and record where I'm not coughing or, you know, wheezing or something like that. So hopefully as we get deeper into uh, actual cold weather, we're having an Indian summer here right now uh, in on the East Coast because we're back to temperatures getting into the 70s. So it's, you know, a little cool in the morning and then it warms up to spring-like temperatures, which is great if you don't like the cold weather, um, but it is certainly not good for those of us that are dealing with allergies and kind of look for the cold weather as to be a time when you don't have to deal with them. Um, <coughs> and so uh, what I want to do, I just wanted to give that kind of information for the lunar eclipse. And then I want to go through some of the highlights for the first half of November, for what we can be expecting. Like I said, um, the Mars retrograde in Gemini, you're definitely feeling that. Um, and that's going to be covering the one of the things that the Mars is uh, in uh, Gemini is doing is it's going to be covering a lot of the themes that it would have covered for you once Mars moved into Gemini. And so, you know, one of the things that you can be doing is thinking about, well, what's kind of been going on. Uh, one of the literal things that's taking place in the particular neighborhood that uh, I am in is they are tearing up the street. They're tearing up blocks of the street. Uh, to work on uh, laying down new track. And I remember when that started that I just was thinking, oh, this is going to be a mess. And then I realized, uh, obviously, it is a mess. Uh, it's also very noisy. Um, but it really did make me make me realize like, oh, this is very much Mars in Gemini because this is, you know, something that's happening in the neighborhood it's impacting everyone, um, and everyone is getting frustrated over, you know, streets being blocked off and and buses being rerouted, and and that I when I really was taking a look at that, I was like, wow, this is um, just a really good example of what Mars. First off, what Mars and Gemini could be like, and then also more importantly, what a Mars retrograde in Gemini can be like. Because what's interesting is Mars moved into Gemini on August the 20th. Um, and then it hit its shadow period at the beginning of September. I think it was like September the 3rd or the 4th in one of my previous episodes where I said that once Mars reached nine degrees Gemini, it was in its shadow period. And that is because it was going to be covering 
from 9 degrees Gemini to 25 degrees Gemini, it was going to be covering the same territory that it would be covering once it went ret- retrograde. So because it went retrograde at 25 degrees Gemini, it's going to move all the way back into 9 degrees of Gemini. And that's going to take through January of 2023. And so you definitely want to be thinking about, well, what are some of the things that are happening for you and around you um, that are impacting the way you would normally get something done? Um, and then also, and how is that making you feel? How are you communicating communicating that? Is there a level of frustration, um, a lack of patience? Um, those are the kind of things to be really looking for with this Mars in Gemini. I think one of the things it's going to try and do is really help us learn um, how to be able to be a bit more present um, and uh, a bit more mindful so that maybe by the time and I think some of that too, because it's taking place during, um, you know, the heart of the holiday season. And so I think there's going to be a moment where um, I think part of what Mars's mission may be, so to speak, is that it is going to be trying to help us be more mindful of how we respond to the frustrations and the irritations of things when they're not going the way that we want them to, or that something we say isn't being received the way we intend it. Um, and so, and you're going to see that again with it being Gemini, you're just going to see that on, you know, in a lot of family situations, friendships, um, you know, community situations. It's going to be very localized um, because that's part of what Gemini um the sign is all about is, you know, it, 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 you know, it teaches us, um, and it's the ruler of the third house and that's the energy of the third house. You know, that's the house of siblings, the house of our, um, earliest education. Um, so really the, how you learn the way that you, the way you learn and absorb information, all of that is part of the third house energy that is tied to the sign of Gemini um, because Gemini rules that house. Um, and then Gemini also is the ruler of our curiosity. It's the ruler of our versatility, which is when Mars was direct initially in Gemini. One of the things I thought was interesting was the I think the idea and the way to get things done um, was there. And and I think Mars was enjoying that energy of being able to say, oh, this isn't working. Well, we'll try this. Oh, that's not working. Let's try this. And so that being able to think quick on your feet, being able to pivot, um, that's definitely Mars and Gemini. Um, And so with it being retrograde, there's more pivoting involved. I think the challenge will be that it could probably be more frustration in having to pivot. Um, so you just want to keep that in mind uh, while that is taking place. And we'll obviously be continuing to talk about that as Mars, you know, starts making aspects 
once we have Sagittarius season begin. So keep in mind that once um, we are now, you know, full on in Scorpio season and we want to be present and mindful of what the energy is of Scorpio. Um, but in the middle of this month, we'll have, you know, the Sun, Venus and Mars, uh, the Sun, Venus and Mercury move into Sagittarius. And then once they do, then they will be obviously having some very direct communications with Mars. Um, and so, yeah, so that's something to definitely uh, keep in mind. But right now, we've got the Sun, Venus, and Mercury having some very direct communications um, and, and energy that's building um, very prominently for the conversations that they want happening during this full moon and and what that conversation might look like. Um, you know, obviously, uh, because Venus is involved, you know, we're looking at relationships. You're also looking at um, financial situations. Um, you're looking at contracts and, um, you know, agreements amongst people. Uh, it isn't just love. I think sometimes uh, Venus can get shortchanged when we just talk about relationships as in, you know, the intimate loving relationships. Uh, obviously they are very important and they are definitely feeling the heat, so to speak, um, with this lunar eclipse. And hopefully that's, uh, you know, the heat of passion, uh, which is something that Scorpio likes to rule over. Um, but there are a lot of other, uh, items that, that Venus rules over as well that can be impacted with this particular, uh, full moon lunar eclipse. And so, um, I just wanted to run through what we will be having, um, early on. Like I said, Venus will be, a, it's exact opposition to Uranus will take place on the fifth. And I think that's when you're going to really start seeing the energy of this, uh, lunar eclipse start taking hold in your, uh, in your, in your life. Um, and then there's going to be the Venus will be then squaring Saturn on um, the 6th, um, the 6th and 7th, uh, which is Sunday and Monday. And then our conjunction with Mercury, the Sun and Mercury will have their conjunction on the 8th while the full moon is taking place. Um, and then on the ninth is when we will have the exact uh, opposition between the sun and Uranus. And then we also have on the ninth Mercury squaring Saturn. And then one of the things we have on the 10th is we have a nice trine between Venus and Neptune. But keep in mind, Neptune is retrograde. So, you know, Neptune is very much that planet that is very elusive, um, which is why it rolls over illusions. Um, and so with Neptune being retrograde, uh, the trines that Neptune's going to make with Venus and the um, Sun and Mercury, because that's going to be happening, just be careful that that could be a situation where it'll be energy or information that you may not have the full scope of what it is. 
And it could be something where you're just meant to have to wait uh, a little longer to understand that and just be able to accept uh, whatever comes at that particular time and then allow it to unfold. Or it could be a situation where you may not have all the information that you think you have in the process of making a decision or in the process of saying, this is what I'm going to act upon. So you just want to be careful with that. Um, and then on uh, 11, 11, uh, which is the one year anniversary of my first episode, it is not the one year anniversary of the very first thing I posted because I realized I did post the trailer um, and so I actually forgot that that was, I guess, the official one-year anniversary. Um, but on 11-11, we have a very active day. Uh, the moon's very active that day, but then we also have the sun squaring Saturn. That is also Veterans Day. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, and then uh, we have um, the trine between Mercury and Neptune takes place on November the 12th. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to take us to the 13th because the 13th we have Venus having a sextile with Pluto. And we also have Mercury having a sextile with Pluto. Um, and that I, um, that's going to, I think, be something that is going to be very beneficial. Um, sextiles are what we call uh, the nature of Venus. They actually are a favorable aspect where uh, information can be provided and then it can turn out to be very helpful as long as you are willing to be acting on it. I will obviously in my next episode talk more about those transits but what I like is that um, once we get to the um, 13th and 14th uh, of November and even the 15th, we have um, a few days there and that leads us up to the, the last quarter moon. And you have a few days there where we just really have some very favorable aspects with um, the Scorpio Pisces and then also the uh, Capricorn um, the Capricorn and Scorpio. Um, and so I will speak more to them. I just wanted to be able to obviously have this episode available for our lunar eclipse. And I may have more to, to post on that, but I wanted this obviously to be what ushers that in for us. And then I wanted to give you, because we are in a new month to give you at least an indication of what the first half of the month looks like. And like I said, a lot of that is this Mars retrograde in Gemini and then this eclipse energy itself that is taking place uh, with Saturn basically squaring everyone while, um, you know, our Sun, Venus, and Mercury are going to be opposing the Moon and Uranus. So that is it for right now. Um, everyone stay safe. Be as mindful as you can, because the other thing that I did want to speak to about Mars being retrograde is that Mars retrograde can be about uh, unforeseen accidents. So Mars retrograde in any sign can be about accidents. Uh, Mars retrograde in Gemini can definitely be about accidents when we're not paying attention 
So, you know, don't be trying to walk and look at your cell phone at the same time. Probably not going to be a good thing. Same, um, you know, with using your cell phone, obviously it's never good to be using it when you're driving, but you know, this is definitely not the time to be doing that. So just be careful of that. Uh, everyone stay safe. If you live in the United States, November 8th, while you are, um, you know, honoring the, uh, lunar eclipse energy, hopefully being in a situation where you can view it, uh, for some period, also make sure that you get out and vote. Your vote matters. You do count. Um, thank you for tuning in and listening. Thank you for supporting me over this journey that has definitely had ups and downs, but has definitely helped me grow and evolve. <coughs> Excuse me. And I am looking forward to that continuing as I move into the second year. Um, and so obviously I'm still... Uh, with this lunar eclipse energy, I'm still very much, uh, actually with the, all of the eclipse energy, I'm still very much thinking about what I want 2023 to look like and what I think, um, I can, uh, create here. So thank you very much. I will keep you posted on that. Um, and, uh, hopefully that will be, uh, on, uh, social media as well. I really have kind of scaled back a bit on that, but I really felt like I was getting that kind of energetic message. And so that's part of why that happened. Um, and so if you want to reach out to me, you can do so by email uh, at rootedinstarlight, which is all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, that is if you're interested in a uh, calendar of the cosmic happenings. Or if you are interested in getting your natal chart, you can also follow me on Facebook under Trisha Morrissey or under Rooted in Starlight. And you can follow me on Instagram at Trisha.Morrissey.31. And again, thank you all for listening. And remember, reach high for the stars lie hidden in your soul. Blessings to all.